Hello there. Your emotions are like a compass. Just like an actual compass tells you where you are in space, your emotions tell you what your personal vibration is. Knowing your personal vibration then allows you to know how to increase that personal frequency so as to go in the direction of your desires. Also, your emotions are your doorway to your subconscious mind, to what's limiting you from getting to where you desire. So not being in touch with your emotions is the same as not having a compass and being stranded out in the middle of the sea. Naturally, people want to feel good. And naturally, if you left them to their own devices, they would gravitate in the direction of what felt good. However, our wires get a bit crossed during the process of socialization. During the process of socialization, we learn that many things that feel good are in fact bad, and many things that feel bad are in fact good, according to the social group that we grow up in. And when this happens, we develop this, let's say, coping mechanism, which is to override our negative emotions. Obviously, if your compass is screaming at you, you're going in the wrong direction, and you're going to keep going in that direction, you have to tune out the compass. To compound things further, because we do not collectively understand what emotions are and what purpose they serve, we are essentially living in an emotional dark age. This means that society has made emotions in and of themselves a bad thing. And that means that during the process of socialization, children are punished for having certain emotions. As a result, they dissociate from, reject, deny, and disown those emotions. They then grow up to suppress these emotions and deny the fact that they even have them. People in general struggle with their emotions. People in general don't understand what emotions are. People in general struggle to relate to their own emotions. So it's kind of an epidemic. However, there is a small percentage of people on the planet who are even more disconnected than the general group. These are people who are so disconnected from their own emotions, who ignored their internal compass to such a degree that it is as if they cannot even feel emotion. Now this is a major problem, because obviously, if you want to know how to heal your life, if you want to know what direction to go in to feel better, but you can't feel at all, you're lost in the middle of the sea without a compass. So it's almost like the healing that needs to take place in their life in order to actually go in the direction of what feels good, to manifest the things that they desire, is held up. It can't even occur until they get in touch with their emotions. The first thing you need to understand is that the emotional system can't actually break. So your body, your being, is constantly informing you about what emotions you feel, regardless of whether or not you are actually listening. This is good news for those of you who feel like you can't feel. It means that you don't have to try to get emotions to occur in the body, they're already occurring. All you have to do is start noticing that they're occurring. What has happened, in essence, is that the compass has started to scream at you and screamed at you and has probably been screaming at you for years that you're going in the wrong direction and you've ignored it so much that you don't even recognize it anymore when it's talking to you. In other words, you do not need to work on getting your body to feel as if something is broken. What you need to do is to train your own consciousness to perceive again. When someone is first learning to ski, they cannot feel the fluctuations of the conditions below their skis. An expert would be able to feel every tiny little nuance. For example, the conditions of the snow. And those nuances would not feel minor, they would feel major to somebody who is an expert. But to a novice, it's not perceivable. It's only when you start to practice tuning into those nuances that they become loud 
instead of very, very soft. And emotion works this exact same way. What may seem subtle to you to begin with, two years down the road, will seem like a siren. Also, I have to state here that it is really common if you identify yourself as someone who can't feel, that you don't recognize feeling as feeling. For example, you feel frustrated that you can't feel, not realizing that the frustration in and of itself is a feeling that's occurring in your body somewhere. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know you're frustrated. So what should you do if you feel like you can't feel and you want to learn how to feel? Step one. The world in general approves of the mind and disapproves of emotions. Emotions are messy, right? So we don't like those things. So what happens is that we are terrified of emotions. Obviously, if we grow up in a society that says that these things are bad and you have to be good to be a part of us, we are going to try to do anything we can to hide from those things. We naturally develop a fear of our own emotion. So what do you do if you're afraid of your own emotion? When you're a small child and you can't escape from your own body, you disconnect from your own body. You dissociate. You escape with your focus. You put all of your focus, which is consciousness, either in the outside world external to you or into your own thoughts. This is what it means when someone says you're stuck in the mind. Pretty soon, only your subconscious rules over your body and consciously you are disembodied, so to speak. To reverse this, you have to commit to the practice of bringing your focus back to the body. Emotions may seem abstract when you don't feel, because chances are you're conceptualizing of emotions. What you have to understand about emotions is that emotions are nothing more than sensations that have been named. When we say we have anxiety, what does that mean? It means that our chest feels constricted. It means that inside we feel this contained racing sensation. We may feel heat somewhere in our body this uncontrollable urge to either hide or get away. Those are sensations that occur within the body. Now what happened is enough people agreed upon those sensations when they reacted to certain experiences that they decided to call it anxiety. One of the reasons people can't feel is that they conceptualize of the idea of anxiety but do not relate to emotions in terms of sensations that take place in their body. So if you're trying to feel, I'm going to give you an exercise that I want you to commit to. I want you to get a timer and have that timer go off at certain intervals. For some people, this will be 10 minutes. For some people, this will be every hour. I want you to pick a time slot that is manageable for you. And every single time that timer goes off, I want you to take your focused attention. Direct it in towards your body. Scan your body to see if you can feel any sensation. I don't need you to understand what the sensation is, no questioning about it. Just take note of the sensation in a little journal that you buy. So when the timer goes off, I'll close my eyes. I'll scan myself with my focus. I might feel heat in the bridge of my nose. I may feel a tightening in my stomach. You're going to write down any sensation that you have. I want you to do that first part of the exercise for one week. And then you're going to do another week where you add something to that practice. What you're going to do while you're doing the same practice at the same interval is that this time you're going to see if any of those sensations can be described as emotions. You may want to print off a sheet describing all of the different emotions so that when you feel those sensations you can cross compare with the list and see if any of them are a match. If so, write that down. If not, 
leave it as it is. Also, if you experience something that causes stronger sensations in you, like an argument with someone or doing something fun, take advantage of this opportunity to do the exercise as well, regardless of whether your timer has gone off or not. After those two weeks are up, you're going to do another exercise for one week, which is an add-on to the previous two weeks. You're going to do the same thing you did in the last two weeks, however, this time, you're going to ask yourself the question, why? Why am I feeling these sensations? Can I identify any precursor that may be causing these sensations and thus emotions to occur within me? Some may be as simple as I was staring too long at a computer. Others may be something like you realized you had a thought about being really poor and how terrible that would be and started to feel panic as a result. Do that for a week. This three-week process of self-awareness is like a reset that tunes you into your emotional system. After those three weeks are up, if you like this exercise, I suggest that you continue it, or you can wean yourself off of it, and eventually just get to the point where you're naturally doing this and you don't need to write it down, where you feel a sensation. You think about whether that sensation could be described as an emotion. You think about what precursor there was to that emotion. Two, if you are unable to feel, it's pretty much a guarantee that you experience trauma relative to feeling in and of itself. So let's pretend that something bad happens. If something bad happens that's unresolved, we could call that a trauma. Now, traumas, that's a pure emotion. Something like, my grandmother died and so I felt grief. But if the real trauma, the unresolved issue, is about somebody shaming you for your grief, or trying to get you out of your grief too fast, or telling you it's not okay to feel grief, or punishing you because you felt grief, then there is trauma relative to feeling grief in and of itself. It must be said here that in general, people who cannot feel had caregivers in their childhood that were dismissive in their style of attachment. This means they were threatened by intimacy, especially emotional intimacy, and so they value independence. And even though they may meet the child's basic needs, they fail to be able to meet the child's emotional needs and even discourage and dismiss the child's bids for intimacy and closeness. The child is forced to get their needs met and stay on their parents' good sides by not threatening their parent. And not threatening the dismissive parent means acting like they have no needs, acting like they have no emotions, and getting as self-sufficient as possible, and dismissing their own emotions to the point that they lose the capacity to feel them. This dismissive attachment style often causes an avoidant attachment style in the child when they grow up. To resolve these traumas that cause you to disconnect from your own feelings so as to become okay with feeling again, do the completion process. I offer a detailed description about how to do this process in my book titled The Completion Process. But if you cannot feel, I suggest you use the technique that I offer on page 139. 3. When people can't feel, that suggests an extreme fear of losing control. Now, we don't come up with this fear out of nowhere. It's not like a baby's born terrified of losing control. We learn that. Now, chances are you experience something, whether you remember it or not, that made you feel so powerless to feeling good again that your body kind of kicked into a survival mechanism. Just like the body kicks into the survival mechanism of shock on a physical level, you could consider shock on an emotional level a state of numbness where the body basically says, you know, I can't do anything to make myself feel better here. Let's not feel anything. That includes both negative and positive emotions. 
Now this is probably going to be the hardest part for those of you who can't feel to accept. Is that even though you stand in front of someone like me, a teacher or a psychologist or whatever, and you say, I really want to learn how to feel again, you got to realize there's a big part of you that in fact doesn't. There's a big part of you that wants nothing to do with emotions, nothing to do with feeling out of control, because there's a link between the two in your mind. You would feel unless there is a negative consequence associated with feeling. So the time has come to face this fear, and how do you do it? You do it by admitting that this is in fact what's going on with you. That there is this part of you that doesn't want to feel. That this is how your being is coping. Then you consciously make a choice. You consciously make the choice either to avoid emotions completely, or you consciously make the choice to feel feelings. And to do that, you've got to dredge up and face all the things you're trying to escape from. You've got to release your resistance to being out of control. Try to find the core belief behind I don't want to feel by watching my video titled How to Change a Core Belief. You can also imagine the worst case scenario of being totally out of control as a result of feeling and use the sensation of that fear as your doorway for the completion process so as to discover what trauma that fear is coming from and to resolve it. Step four, sometimes the unwillingness to feel comes from the fact that in our society, if all emotions aren't disapproved of, usually the negative emotions are disapproved of. So it's not okay to feel bad, and yet you do. So the first thing you've got to realize is that it's more than okay to not feel good. As a society, we have an obsession with feeling good, as if there's a, some sort of failure that took place or something's really wrong with you if you don't feel good all the time. I mean, somebody loses their family and in half the world, they get a pill for it, as if grief isn't acceptable to go through. So, first thing, I want you to start looking at your concept around feeling and emotion itself. Is negative emotion wrong? Is positive emotion wrong? Because chances are, if you can't feel, you've made emotion wrong. Step five, do things that are radically, radically new. Get way outside your comfort zone. Take on new challenges. You have to shake up your system so as to experience different sensations. You're acclimatized to your current life so you don't experience noticeable changes in your feelings. This has been your subconscious way of gaining control. So try new activities. Do different kinds of art and self-expression. Travel to different places. Meet different people. Try activities where you will experience new sensations and pay close attention to those new sensations you experience as a result of doing those things. Six. Circling back a tiny bit to what we previously discussed, without even realizing it, if you can't feel emotions, you in fact avoid things that cause you to feel emotions. You are unaware of how avoidant you are of things you want to avoid or face, especially those things that cause you to feel strong emotion. You also subconsciously have all kinds of coping techniques to avoid and escape from feeling. So if you want to feel, what should you do? Throw yourself into experiences you would normally avoid because they cause emotions. <laughs> This means spend some time around people that annoy the hell out of you and cause you to feel emotions. Watch movies that evoke strong sensations within your being. And then what I want you to do when you're doing these activities that you would normally avoid is I want you to feel how horrible it feels. Feel that part of you that resists it in every way that wants to escape, that wants to leave the movie theater, that wants to walk away from that friend. 
watch for your own coping mechanisms and the way that you yourself shut down your emotion when you're in scenarios that cause emotion to arise. Choose consciously not to engage in these coping mechanisms, but to feel them and observe them instead. Seven, if you can't feel, chances are you are really, really, really based in your mind. You're attached to your mind. Your mind is what you feel really, really confident with. It's not necessarily a terribly negative thing. It's just that because it's an overcompensation, it's no longer healthy. But your mind's going to prevent you from getting into your emotions because the ego tells it, look, rescue me out of this crap. It's going to get me in trouble. So basically, your mind has been trying to save you from emotions forever. That means it's a good idea for you to get your mind enrolled in the idea of actually participating in you feeling emotions. For that reason, let your mind learn about emotions. The mind and the emotion is like two separate languages. You can use your mind to go to work to help you or enable you to learn to speak the language of emotion. So instead of trying to suppress, deny, reject, or disown your mind, just start to bring it in so that there's more coherence between your mind and the emotion itself. I suggest you watch four of my videos for the sake of your mind getting on board with your decision to feel more. The first is titled Emptiness, How to Stop Feeling Empty. The second is The Emotional Wake-Up Call. The third is How to Heal the Emotional Body. And the fourth is Happiness is the Purpose of Your Life. Want to know why? Your emotional guidance system cannot be broken. It is always available to you the minute that you should decide to tune back into it, to perceive it in a way where you can let it guide you through life. So try these techniques, and soon you will find that feeling anything, even if it is unpleasant, is better than feeling nothing. Have a good week.